This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions. Because it's time to dish the dirt. On the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. And good morning, Frank Proctor here, the sous chef of the garden, all set to rock and roll. Here on a Saturday morning, what is the good. 20th? Today is the 20th, 20th yes. I can't believe it. This month is bing, gone like that. I know, but you know what's really good? I will tell you that kind of oh, connects. Oh, by the way, the voice you're hearing is Charlie Dobbin. Oh, thank oh, you very much. Yeah, yes, you're welcome. Morning, yes. Frank. Good morning, Charlie. Uh, hmm. The um, This morning, when yeah. I jumped in my car and made my way down to the station, I listened to the radio just to double check that, you know, the yeah. roads are open. Yeah, yeah. Sure enough, the Don Valley Parkway is closed. So oh, if man. anybody's planning on going south... It's all messed up below Eglinton. And apparently, you know, they were forcing you off at Eglinton. Yeah. So I'm calculating my best way down here. Decided to come down Bayview. And what a wonderful trip that was. The colors. Like, Bayview's oh, got a lot of trees. Yeah. And then you get down into the Bayview Extension down, you oh, know. that's gorgeous. Yeah, yeah. south of Moore yeah. Avenue, past the, the brickwork, Brickworks. Beautiful. The oranges are starting to come out. It's really just even different from yesterday. The colors are better. It's nice and moist. The colors always show better when it's a yeah. cloudy day and the, the, everything's wet. So, yeah, all those sort of pale, boring yellows. Now we're seeing some oranges and some reds. So yeah. it's looking good. If you can get out for a walk or a drive, go out today. I was mentioning uh, where I stay on Friday nights here in town. My, uh, my buddy Bruce, uh, Bruce lets me uh, stay overnight so I don't have to have a long trip in from St. Catharines mm-hmm. on a Saturday morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, the, the neighbors next door have these two... Just brilliantly bright red bushes. and What was the burning bush? Yes, burning bush. It must wow. be burning bush when you would describe it oh, like yeah. that. Yeah, because like they were on fire. They're burning. It's it's the burn time for the burning bushes. Yeah, yeah they're bright, bright red. And yeah. some of them even get like a pink, a fuchsia tone to yeah, them. Yeah. So, yeah, they're really pretty. Nice well, time of year. So that connects back to that October 20th you were talking about. Well, you know, yes. we better get to biz here and let the folks know, number one, mm-hmm. the phone numbers to call Charlie Dobbin. Yes. This is the Garden Show, after all, on AM 740. If you're in the Toronto area, please call 416-360-0740. And then anywhere else in the province, it's toll-free, 866 740 Four seven forty, and you had a note or two there. Just wanted to mention that um, I I am happy to announce events, upcoming events mm-hmm. with the garden clubs, hort societies, that sort of thing. So if you wish for me, and if I can fit it in, yep. to do any <clears throat> announcements for you, <clears throat> excuse me, my email address: first initial C, last name Dobbin. So C D O B B I N at AM seven forty. .ca, send emails for, like I say, announcements or questions. Happy to help you out. And I know that throughout the show, maybe we'll be dealing with a few emails. that uh, Perhaps, yep. uh, perhaps, if we have time. All right. I see that we have callers waiting already. So we're going to take a little bit of a break here and then come back to uh, welcome Marcia to the line from Lancaster, New York. How about that? Mm-hmm. Well, all righty. Back in just a moment here on The Garden Show. A great duet can bring together friends and lovers, pals and partners, and have given us some of the greatest songs ever. One can have a dream, baby. Two can make that dream so real. One can talk about being in love. Two can say how it really feels. 
This Sunday, I'll bring back some of the top duos of the vintage era, permanent partners and one-off pairings. Bing and Bob, Gene and Judy, Louis and Ella, Don and Phil, Jan and Dean, and many others. I'm Gene Stevens with Vintage Favorites this Sunday at 2 from AM740. I don't care where I'm going, just as long as I'm with you. Put it there, pal. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size, there's more going on in the garden than we do realize. And should little creatures become a big problem, well, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. And I forgot to mention right off the top mm -hmm. of the show that Nedda is our producer this morning, so that's the first Welcome voice you're to going to hear. Nedda. The lovely Nedda mm -hmm. on the controls, so i got to behave myself because she'll be cutting me off. Mm -hmm. you know? uh, um, now, I had mentioned, I, I did, did the phone numbers, but I didn't do our mantra, which is... <laughs> Call early, call often. One question per call. Policeman Proctor on duty here. Okay, Marcia from Lancaster, New York. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Morning. Good morning. I have a question regarding hyacinth bulbs. Mm -hmm. And in the spring, we purchased potted hyacinths for right. the Easter season. Yep. They were in full bloom. The blooms were beautiful. And fragrant. We really enjoyed them. Mm -hmm. And we were wondering if there's any way that we might be able to keep those bulbs in the house over winter, put them through some type of a process that they would bloom again in the spring inside. Great question. Uh, the actual answer is no. Oh. The ones you enjoyed inside. <laughs> well, no, no, but there's a good part to the story as well. The the bulbs that you enjoyed inside last year in pots had been what we call forced. So they had been refrigerated uh, for a number of weeks and then brought out in pots to bloom indoors. And you enjoyed them, and that's great. What you can do with those same bulbs is put them outside into your garden, into a sunny, well-drained spot in the garden. They will continue to grow outside and bloom and be fragrant for many springs to come. But you can't force bulbs twice. They, ah. they lose their vigor, and that's why you can do it yourself, though, by going to a local garden center, buying some fresh hyacinths, potting them up, Stick them away into the fridge for 10 weeks or so. Bring them out and enjoy them inside your home. But, uh, but you need fresh bulbs every time you do that. Ah, uh, I see. Okay. Okay, very good. Thank you very <laughs> Thank, much. Thank you for joining <laughs> Thanks us. Thanks for your call. What are, what are the colors like uh, around Lancaster, New York, Marcia? Oh, we're, we're getting bright reds. Mm -hmm. A lot yeah. of color this year, I think, because of the dryness. And, you know, we're, we're seeing yellows and, and reds. And um, a lot of very pretty foliage right now. Well, yeah, that's great. Good time well, of year, well, isn't enjoy, it? Well, enjoy, and thank you for joining us here in the Garden Show. Okay, thank you for having me. Have Thanks a, a lot. Have a great day. Thanks, you too. Bye-bye now. Uh, that advice that you offered, you know, that, uh, well, it applies to me and my wife. Uh, don't force me twice because <laughs> I lose vigor. Um, <laughs> however, that we're on to a, a whole other topic there. Uh, Mary from Frampton, right. good morning. Morning is my favorite Saturday morning wake-up call. <laughs> I was going to say, you can have Frank, but carry on. I'm listening. <laughs> morning, Mary. Morning. Uh, I am looking at my gorgeous burning bush. It hasn't been this brilliant in years. Mm. That's not why I'm calling. 
Uh, I have a amaryllis mm -hmm. that has been indoor. It bloomed over Christmas, and I've been watering it. Excuse me, Mary, uh, are you on a speakerphone? I thought I shut it off. Hold on. Yeah, this... Better? Better. Oh, yeah, better. much better. Okay. Much better. It's not dormant. That's, they won't go dormant quite often unless you stop watering them and put them in the dark. Okay, I stopped watering them about three weeks ago. Okay. See, they are getting yellow, so put them in the dark. That's right. For how uh, long? Uh, ten weeks would be perfect. Oh, that's kind of going to... Push you past... Christmas, yeah. Christmas. Uh, you try for eight. The main thing is is they do need that, that little quiet time. They need that rest, mm -hmm. and while they're resting, the, the floral um, initiation of the floral bud should be happening and that when you bring them out of the dark and give them some water what first should grow is a flower stem okay total dark i can put them in my garage but every time i open and close the door naturally some light seeps in not, not good enough oh uh, no that's okay it doesn't have to be total dark uh the main thing is that you don't want them to freeze so your garage is obviously insulated yeah, yeah, it's yeah. I can put it towards the back of the the garage, which is close to the home. So, yeah, so it should be okay. Yep, sounds perfect. Okay, thank you. You're very welcome. Thanks Bye -bye. for joining us here in the Garden Show, Charlie Dobbin on the air. Phone number is four one six three six zero zero seven forty, and then anywhere in the province, toll free one eight six six seven forty. It's the old sous chef of the garden, Frank Proctor here, welcoming yet another caller, uh, Lorna, from uh, just a little bit north of Barrie, I understand. Good morning, Lorna. Good morning. Morning. Um, one of, I wanted to know first, um, you mentioned last week you were going to be at the Simcoe County Museum. When was that going to be? That's today. Oh, today. Yep. I'll be there for one fifteen. I'm doing it. one thirty. I'm doing a presentation. Oh, okay. But my question then was, um, how and when would I prune a rose of Sharon? Oh, Rose of Sharon. What I do with Rose of Sharon is I leave them alone in the, in the fall and winter, if you can. I mean, unless for some reason you need to prune it back because it's interfering with, you know, access to the front door or something like that. Do yeah. all your pruning of Rose of Sharon in the spring when the plant is still dormant. Of course, they're one of the last shrubs to break out of dormancy, so you usually have lots of time in the spring to see exactly what's going on. I just wait till the little green, tiny buds are just starting to show, and that's after everything else is in full leaf, pretty much. And then you can prune out the dead, prune out anything that's, you know, twisting, turning, rubbing, and bring it down to size, because rows of Sharon tend to grow quite fast and get too big too fast. Yeah. Okay. okay. Thank you very much. You're very welcome. Okay. Terrific. Boy, we're going through the calls uh, one after another here. Uh, here's Ken in from Scarborough. Good morning, Ken. Frank. Uh, Charlie, uh, talking about an amaryllis bulb, mm -hmm. it's starting to show, and I gave it its first drink. Do I continue on with the drinking of the water, or do I just leave it alone until it starts to flower? Well, what usually you should do when you're first waking up any bulb, but an amaryllis is a good example, is you give it that first drink. Like you mentioned, you've now got it out in the light. Yes, I've done that. And do not water again until the soil is quite dry. Okay. So, which is, it might be a week, it might be 10 days, you know. Typically, there's not a lot of soil in the pots with the amaryllis because we like to kind of have them in a small pot with very little soil. So, and you've got lots of sun, depending on the temperatures uh, inside your home. Yeah, week, 10 days, two weeks, and then, mo you know, moisten the soil again. You don't want it to dry right out to a desert, but you don't want to rot the bulb either. Okay, thank you. By the way, you might mention to your uh, operator that uh, she should talk a little louder 
She's got a soft voice. She's got, well, she is very she's, soft spoken. Yeah, she definitely. <laughs> I'll, I'll, and it's hard to understand okay. when she's speaking. Okay. <laughs> All right. Ned is thank smiling very, away. Thank there. you very much. Thanks, Ken. Have a nice day. You bet. Thank you very much. And uh, noted, says Netta, she'll be yelling into the phone. <laughs> now, now. <laughs> heads up when you call. Welcome to the garden show. <laughs> I can just hear it now. Okay. Well, we have to. Uh, no, I. Yeah, I have to start doing my exercise. I know, and I see you you're have to exercise wearing your, vocal cords your there. exercise yeah. wear today, which is good mm-hmm. because I know you need to get uh, I'm just going to do limbered arm, up. Arm stretches. You now, know? of course, yeah, the reason yeah, Frank go. is doing his limbering up mm-hmm. and arm stretches and starting to work up a sweat is because he takes Sierra Sil, the same as I do, and we do that because we want to reduce. Uh, stiffness in our joints uh, and maintain favorite activities, whether it's being active in the gym or active out in the garden or on the golf course or soon, uh, you know, even raking leaves and soon shoveling snow. Yeah. We, we got to be able to do that. So Sierra Sil helps relieve joint pain. And if it might be something you'd like to try, a few places to learn more, sierrasil.ca is the website. Give them a call, one 877 joint 14 or you can pick up Sierra Sil at many health food stores, including the Big Carrot on Danforth in Toronto and Nature Village on Queen Street South in Streetsville. S-I-E-R-R-A-S-I-L. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, fox, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. And Frank Proctor, the sous chef of the garden, along with you here on a uh, Saturday morning, uh, about seven degrees out there, and uh, just a note that we passed along at the top of the show, but just a pre-warning to anyone heading down the Don Valley. Or heading south. Yeah, Yeah, heading south. uh, From Eglinton on, as clothes have been a very bad accident. I don't know whether it was a single car or whatever. It was a single car that went out of control and one person died. And then there's another accident south of Don Mills. Now, some of that might be cleared up by now, but yeah, it was pretty heavy, getting heavier this morning. Alternate route then would be Bayview, as uh, Charlie Mm. was mentioning earlier. Bayview was beautiful. Okay. Uh, and I'll bet you Helga's beautiful out there in Bowmanville. Hello, Helga, how are you? Oh, I'm fine. Thank you very much for asking. So <laughs> I have a question for Charlie. Mm-hmm. Well, My go ahead. problem is this. I heard you last week, I believe it was, that you told us to bring the geraniums in. Mm-hmm. And you had luck with yours in the garage trying to save them over winter? No, not in my garage. No, my garage gets too cold. Oh, Okay, we may, I must have misunderstood, but somebody else, I guess, did. Yeah. Anyhow, do I have to cut them back? Oh, okay, so have you dug them up out of the garden? Or are they... Yes, they're still in the pots the okay. way they were, Okay. but they're in the garage. Okay, so it's, they're probably fine in the garage for now because it hasn't been too cold. There, there's, the trick with geraniums is that they are an easy plant and a plant we often want to keep over the winter. Yeah. <clears throat> there's many ways to do it. It just depends on what works best for you. You see, my problem is this. My husband doesn't like the flowers in the house. Oh. <laughs> the the geranium flowers or any? My, oh, my bird is talking to me. I know, I hear your bird. I hope he doesn't swear. I got That's... a big parrot in here. Oh, it's oh, a parrot. Oh, oh, yeah, well. it's, so it sounds like a squeaky screen door a bit. <laughs> that parrot. Well, anyway, what I want to know is, can I cut them back? Or Yes. And, and then if I put them in a cardboard box, my, my glass is not really that cold. <laughs> it's attached to the house. 
Mm-hmm. And it's, if I put them against the wall where the, where the house heat is coming from, because mm-hmm. I don't, I mean, it stays about, I would say about 35, 38 in a, in a garage all winter. It might work. I, I, if you do put them in a cardboard box, don't close the top. Okay. Uh, because, I mean, unless it gets really cold, then you might want to put a little blanket in around and right. close the top just during a really cold snap. But um, because they, they te- if you close the top of the box, there'll be no air circulation. Oh, and yeah, right. they could rot, uh, you know, d- yeah. different deterioration can and, take and place. now do I take... I mean, that's exactly blooming the same way as they were outside right I now. I know. I know. My geraniums look great still. Oh, it's bad. So your husband doesn't like any flowers inside or just but geraniums? I can have few, but he says, what is this? Is a nursery or something? <laughs> <laughs> so say yes, it is, yeah. as a matter of fact. Yeah, and it costs <laughs> five bucks to get in. Because yeah. I, have, I used to have them all over the place. Oh yeah, I know. Oh, well. Okay, so um, well, the, I mean, the other thing is you could just keep removing the flowers. See, that's what I do. I allow my geraniums to continue to grow in my house, as oh, you've I done see. as well, in a sunny location. I just treat them as a house plant. Uh-huh. They do flower through the winter, but of course, you can remove the flowers and just have them as green plants. Yeah. Or now, when the spring comes. Can I take slips off from them? That's exactly to, it. To root them? That's exactly it. In the spring, you will do that because those what's called the mother plant is not uh, necessarily the, in the best condition to be a beautiful plant, yeah. but all the new growth are your new plants. So you'll have lots and lots of little you know, branching and, and uh, mm-hmm. stems growing. So if on any one geranium, you can sometimes get you know, eight or, or ten little oh, slips good. or cuttings and start all new plants. Then I can bring them in the laundry room. He wouldn't know. That's right. <laughs> Find a spot he never goes to, like the laundry room. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> what's what's the name of your? Then he doesn't know they're there. What's the name of your? Often. What's the name of your parrot? Uh, anyway, okay. thank you so oh, much. Okay. Thanks, Helga. Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna call him. Bye bye. Bye bye. Say bye to yeah, your. We'll uh... Listen to the radio now. Okay, okay. okay. Bye. <laughs> Might as well when listening to me. Uh, I was going to say, find out the uh, the name of the parrot there. Uh, but you know what? This is the garden show. Well, oh, yes. Frank, my That's undergardener. Yeah. We're oh, not. Yeah. This is the parrot bird show, or you know, name that <laughs> well, bird. I want to see if we get him to swear, and then you know. Oh, that'd be good. The CRTC couldn't blame us. No, no, no. it would be some animal, out of control <laughs> right. animal. Oh, son of a gun! Well, <laughs> sounds like you. <laughs> Christina is waiting to uh, chat with you here from Pickering. Good morning, Christina. Good morning. Morning. Yes, Charlie, I would have a couple of questions, please. Mm -hmm. Oh, a couple of questions. Hold on. One question. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, just one. (laughs) Yes, and then you can call again if you like, but just one. Oh, okay. Gladiola bulb. Yes. Now, there's the old bulb connected to the new bulb. Right. Can I break that off now or in spring? I would do it in the spring when you're planting. Okay. Can you wash bulbs, like the gladiola bulbs and dahlia bulbs, or should you leave them as they are? You should leave them as they are, except with both of them, uh, mm-hmm. let them dry down a little bit. If they've been out in the garden, yes. just lay them out on newspapers in a dry spot. Give them, you know, a couple of days, yes. and then very gently just uh, brush off or, or shake off some of that earth that's still attached to them. Yes. Then, of course, the gladiola bulbs are stored for the winter in a frost-free, dry location, dark and dry, whereas the uh, dahlias and most of our other tubers, etc., are stored in a frost-free, semi-moist, dark location. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. Should I cover them in shredded newspapers? 
You know what? I personally, I've done gladiolas in just an old pair of pantyhose or an onion bag hanging okay. from the ceiling yeah. in a dark, cool location. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah. Whereas the dahlias, I usually pack them into uh, something that's sterile. Could mm-hmm. be sterile potting soil. Could be peat moss. Uh, it could be newspapers. The main thing is that you have to moisten the medium a little bit. Okay. And again, that cool, dark situation, and then check on them every month or so. Make sure they're not rot, not too dry, and not too wet. Yeah. Thank you so much. Oh, you're very welcome. I don't have a question, but an advice. Uh Can I do that? Sure, of course. Last year, a lady called in her Christmas cactus, lost all the buds, and the lady was not able to answer the question. Right. So it is a very simple solution. What's that? When the Christmas cactus gets the buds, the plant cannot be moved. When you... Turn the plant, of course the little buds will go to the light, and that's when they break off. Oh. It's oh. a very simple solution. I've certainly... Don't move the plant anymore once it has the buds. Yeah, I mean, I've certainly read that, you know, that you shouldn't move them, and yet yeah. I move mine all the time, and they've put up with it. So. Oh, well, then it's Well, good. I know you. Mm. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I'm real tough love with my plants. They <laughs> yeah. know. Composter if they don't behave. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. Thanks, Thanks for you. that, yeah. Christina. Thanks. Bye-bye. All righty. I'm going to take a little trip to um, a spot that really has a wonderful Oktoberfest every year, and that's Kitchener, and where Paul resides. Good morning, Paul. <laughs> Welcome to the show. Good morning, Jerry. Good morning. I'm uh, my wife and I moved back to Kitchener from Toronto after 50 years in in 2000. Mm-hmm. And my grandson planted a chestnut in our backyard when we moved. Yes. Uh, it grew to about eight feet, but last fall. I cut it down because I couldn't get anything to grow around it. Now, all through this summer, uh, there's been chestnut tree shoots popping up um, a good six, eight feet radius where the chestnut tree was planted. Right. Is there something that I can put over the root, what's left of the root? I thought I had most of it dug up. Mm-hmm. What's left of the root that it'll rot through the winter? So tell me, what is what when those little shoots are coming up? Is it lawn they're coming up in or garden? No, in in the flower bed area. Oh, okay, yeah. So that's a problem. Because I I made a bit of a flower bed around this Christmas tree or uh, this chestnut, chestnut yeah. tree, but nothing will grow. I even planted some um, um, rhubarb, and um, the rhubarb never ever came up. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it it is funny. Some plants have uh, an ability to control the environment for their own benefit. Uh, walnuts are most famous for that. that they, many plants struggle at the base of a walnut tree because of an actual chemical that the walnut roots exude out into the soil to make it an, an unhappy, unfriendly environment for other plants. But there, chestnuts aren't known to do that quite as badly. And, of course, there are some plants that are tough and can withstand anything. Um, so right now, your biggest challenge, though, is what do you do about these these uh, little suckers basically coming up off the root? Well, I've, I've just been pulling them up. Right. And you, and honestly, that's probably the best thing you can do. It's either that or figure out a way to suffocate them, which isn't always easy if it's in a garden. You know, you'd have to go out there with, you know, rocks and things. Is there nothing things. that I can um, throw over the root for the winter that'll rot it, kill it off? The way you're going to speed up the rot is you're going to encourage fungus because it's the fungi that do the decomposition of the root for you. I see. And that's why we get mushrooms popping up right. from right. roots that are underground. So, so that, how do I do that? Um, well, do you, do you compost at all? Do you make any of your no, own compost? No. 
I mean, a thought would be to go to your local garden center and buy some, you know, real good earth-friendly, organic-based compost that's got lots of life in it, lots of microorganisms, get that and lay that over the area. It's going to be going to excellent for the garden anyway, but it's just going to add that life to the soil, which will speed up that process of decomposition. Now, remember that as those little shoots of the chestnut pop up above ground, they get those little leaves growing and they start to photosynthesize and they start to grow and they continue to keep that root alive. So your job, your ongoing job is to continue just whether it's pulling those little shoots or snipping them off at ground level, but you want to stop the photosynthesis and that will kill the root eventually. And then it's just a matter of that it decomposing below ground. Okay, and what do I ask the garden center for? Compost. You want some oh, some compost. some compost. Some uh, like if you don't have homemade compost, you can buy a good you know earth friendly living you know add lots of good microbes to your soil kind of compost and get that in over that area. Oh, okay. Okay. Wonderful. Thank you so much. Thanks, Paul. Have a good weekend. And you. Thanks for joining the show. Charlie Dobbin on the air here at AM740, the only garden show in Toronto, and certainly the only one in North America worth listening to. (laughs) Well said. thank you. The only one with a sous chef of the garden. Well, exactly. I defy any other radio station to make that Nobody, Nobody in the world has a garden show with a sous chef. That's right. Yeah. Well, good morning, Pat, (laughs) in Mississauga. Welcome, Welcome aboard here. (laughs) <laughs> Hi. Good morning. How are you? Excellent. Good. Charlie, I um, planted on my balcony in a large container four or five mini roses, and they've just been glorious nice. all summer and yeah. have bloomed and still have some blooms on them. I'm wondering, do I cut them back later in the fall like you would roses, or you don't? So this is going to be an interesting challenge. What direction does your balcony face? South. South. And these are big, like you said, big containers that you put like, yeah, big, deep. Big, yeah, big, Okay, so that's good. You know what I would do? In an effort to keep those mini roses alive through uh-huh. the winter, because remember, it's a lot colder above ground than it is in the ground. Yes. And of course, are you up very high? In... Yes, on the 11th floor. So the 11th floor facing south. So you've got lots of sun. Yeah. So you probably get, you know, quite warm when the sun is up and very cold when the sun goes down. Right. What I would do is I would try to move, if you can, move those big containers with the mini roses into a spot where they won't be in the sun through okay. the winter. Then I would look at a way, you don't need to cut them back so much, but you need to, once we've had a couple more frosts and they're truly dormant and yes. the leaves, you know, the flowers are done and the, the, little, the little guys are asleep, you need to keep them asleep. So that when we get those warm days and those cold nights, you don't want them perking up and trying to grow on a warm day in January. Right. So whether that means using, like, trying to think how I would do this. I mean, a bale of straw would almost be the best, and you would kind of burlap actually. Yeah. Well, burlap is good because burlap traps air. It's all about air. When we insulate plants to keep them. Uh, dormant, uh-huh. we use air as our insulating um, process. And of course, snow does that for us when we get snow. Sure. If we don't get snow, then we use things like big particles of soil or straw or burlap and it, or leaves. You know what I mean? It's, it's that okay. idea of kind of, you want to almost like create a hill over top of those little mini roses and maybe get the burlap to hold the hill in place, sort of tie it around the base of the pot. And like I say, it could be something as simple as just some dried leaves okay. that you kind of pack around the, the roses. And Keep them, keeping them out of the sun, but water them, of course, well before you do any of this putting away. All right, I'll do that. All right, and, and good I'll luck. Hang up, but sometime before your show's over, could you spell Cirrusel again sure. and get the dot com? How, how I get it on? Uh, 
uh, on computer. Happy to do so. Thank you. And let us know how that works, if those mini roses, what they look like in the spring. I will. Thank you. Thank you. All righty. Thank you so much, Pat. Uh, and uh, the Garden Show at 9.35 on this Saturday morning with Charlie Dobbin. Boy, interesting And call. Frank Proctor. Yes, the sous chef of the garden. The undergardener, <laughs> as it were. As it were. Uh, Dominique uh, from Guelph is dying to talk to you. She's got some, oh. well, dying tomato plants anyway. <laughs> Good morning, Dominique. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning there. I would like to know, like I said, a small plant, this young plant from the garden, I transplanted inside the a house in a pot. Mm. It seems to turn yellow right now. So it's a small tomato plant? Yeah. So is it small tomatoes or a small plant? Small or, plant. Small plant. And it, was it one you planted in the spring? No, no. They just came. I, like I say, soon we did this, some tomato and I throw the seeds outside. Oh, little regrowth, baby came you know? up. Yeah. I was thinking to... I tried to experiment in the wintertime and see mm-hmm. if I can survive in the house. Yeah. Well, okay, so here's probably what's going on. Remember when the plant was outside, it was probably in a really sunny spot with, you know, good organic-based soil, etc. Now, you've dug that up. When you potted it into a little pot, did you incorporate any potting soil or did you just use the garden soil? Some potting soil and the garden soil. Okay, good. Because if you had just straight garden soil, that is very hard on the plants. It's a very heavy not particularly well-drained situation. So good that you put potting soil in the pot. Now, by bringing it indoors, of course, the light levels dropped dramatically. Even if you have it right in the window, it's still much darker inside your house than it is outside. And that's probably a little bit what's going on. I so, have a bay window to, uh, which I keep on. Good. Facing south? No, it's well, it's east. Okay, so east is only soft morning light. That's have you right. got a southern window at all? Or no. Western? Okay. So you've got it in the brightest spot in your house. Yeah. The yellow leaves that you're seeing, where are they on the plant? Are they up at the top or down at the bottom? Yeah, they start from the bottom and going up. Right. Now. Okay, so again, very normal. What's happening is the older leaves, which are the ones at the bottom, are are starting to drop off and just give up the ghost. And that happens so often when we do bring plants in that the older leaves are, that are used to all that bright light are now not able to cope with the lower light. As long as the tip of the plant, the growing tip is green, and you're seeing some movement, some growth, then I wouldn't be particularly worried about it because what will happen is new leaves will grow, and the leaves that grow will be completely attuned to the, the situation you have that plant growing in. The older... So Sun-loving like leaves. Right now, looks sick to me. Does it? Well, be careful with the watering. Of course, don't overwater it. Mm-hmm. Don't mist it. Don't do anything. Just leave it in that bright, sunny spot, and and kind of pray for some new growth because that's really what will make the difference. It's the new growth that will survive. The original growth that came in will will turn yellow and drop off. I'll try my best. All right. Good luck with that. <laughs> Thank stuff. you very much. Okay. <laughs> Thank Bye-bye. you, Dominic, uh, for joining the show. Uh, and, you know, it might be time for a little break here and a special note to, uh, I believe it was Pat. It yes. was a saga who wanted to know exactly how to contact the folks at Sierra Sill. Mm-hmm. You've got all that information uh, at hand for I sure. do, I do. I was just going to quickly um, follow up on what Dominique was saying about his you know, oh, tomato yes. that came okay. in, the yellowing. As I say, it's very common. I mean, even when you prepare the plant for coming in, mm-hmm. I have a hibiscus, big hibiscus plant. It was in bright, full sun all summer. Then the cool weather came, and I didn't have time to give it a proper bath. So I stuck it in the garage for like a week. So we're talking, you know, bright outside to dark inside for a week. Then I finally got around last weekend to soaping it all off, giving it a shower, and brought it in the house. Well, even in my southern window, it's quite dramatically darker than it was 
outside, but it's a lot brighter than it was in the garage. So this poor plant is going, what's going on? <laughs> and some leaves are turning yellow. There's no question. But yeah. it's all the older leaves, the ones from the bottom, and they're the older ones. And it's perfectly acceptable. As long as the growing tips stay green, you should be good to go. Excelente. Okay. So... Yeah, this is for Pat. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about Sierra Sill. So Sierra, like the Sierra Mountains, S-I-E-R-R-A-S-I-L. One word, sierrasill.ca is the website. Though I think if you go to .com, you'll find, you'll, it'll take you over back to CA. Um, <clears throat> Sierra Sill is a completely natural mineral supplement from the Sierra Mountains. It's all packaged and patented through a company in Vancouver. Uh, It does make a difference for most people. If you have stiff joints, if you have pain in any of your parts that you want to keep moving, many people find that this supplement will suddenly make them feel better and be far in far less pain. They don't claim it works for everybody. They only claim that it will work. If it's going to work, it'll work within 14 days. So <clears throat> that's where the phone number comes from. One eight seven seven joint fourteen, and you can also get more information at your local health food store. So there's lots of them carrying Sierra Sil now. All the Whole Foods markets, for example, of which there's more every day. I keep seeing them popping up everywhere. Hooper's Pharmacy on Main Street North in Brampton also carries Sierra Sil. Well done, Charlie. Thank well you. Done. <laughs> Excellent. Thank you. <laughs> Back after these words. Don't change the radio station. Just because the weather changes, garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. That's my cardinal. Yeah, uh, pretty good. It's enough. very good. Oh, I know. I, I thought there was a bird in here. <laughs> well, son of a gun. <laughs> Big turkey. That's me. Yeah, I know what you're doing. <laughs> Terry in Brampton, welcome along to The Garden Show. Hey, how are you? Good. Boy, I'm, you're a happy one. <laughs> good morning. I hear you. Okay, so I've just discovered you on the radio. Ah, thank nice. you for being on the radio. Oh, <laughs> thanks for thanking us. We appreciate that. Okay, so this other lady called in earlier, and she was talking about geraniums. Right. And then you were going to say more, and she cut you off. So I need to know more, because I dug out my geraniums. Mm-hmm. I have them all on the porch. Mm-hmm. I read something online that it said to put it in paper bags. So I understood to put the roots in a paper bag. So I put them in sandwich bags. Mm-hmm. And now I don't know what to do with the plant. I have room in my basement. I got boxes from the grocery store. And mm-hmm. I thought, okay, do I put the whole plant in? And then you said it needs air. Right. What do I do to save them <laughs> in the winter? This is great. I, this is, I'm going to write a book about geranium, overwintering geraniums. I think. There you go. You know what it is? There are, if, particularly if you look on the web, you will see lots of different ideas on how to overwinter geraniums. Mm-hmm. Back in the day, before people had insulated, heated basements with big screen TVs and surround sound, our basements had earthen floors and they were used as root cellars to store onions and potatoes and carrots over the winter and the geraniums loved it it was cool it was dark there was moisture in the air and all that that's that digging up the geraniums hang them upside down from the rafters that's that's what i was gonna do that's right the cool the dark the the, you know certain amount of humidity in the air they would shrimp they would shrivel up but they wouldn't die okay and then what would happen in the spring is the longer days the plant would start to respond even without light it would start to send out shoots and you'd go in there in february 
March, slice off a bunch of new growth off of these old, wizened last year's plants and start all over again. Okay. So if you have a basement like that, you can do that. But most of us don't have those basements anymore. That's right. So what you need is a cool, dark location if you want to overwinter these plants in a semi-dormant state or almost dormant state. Now, I don't have a finished basement, but it's not cool. Right. I know. Mine's, house. Can mine's I put it pretty in the box and just leave them in the basement? If it's warm, they will. They are. They're going to want to grow. That's oh. the problem. You see, and of course, they can't grow because they're not getting light. They're not getting water, and so they'll just start to shrivel up and die. Oh, okay. So when basements had root cellars and mm. stuff, wasn't it dark? That's right. Which kept, which contributes to keeping them dormant. Oh, but it was cold. Yeah. <laughs> I get it. Okay. Yeah. So the cool and the dark are what keeps thing, plants dormant. And yeah, I, many plants are tough enough that they can withstand that for a period of months before they wake up and start growing again. Now, the only place I would keep it then is the garage. It's not an insulated garage. It's just, you know, it's cold in there. Can I put it in a box and put it in the garage? Right. And that goes back to the caller that you heard, Helga, who's that's exactly what she wants to do is put her geraniums in a box in the garage. The main thing is it's got to be frost free, preferably an environment that will not go below five four degrees celsius oh no it'll go below for sure so then they'll die can i blanket them put a nice big blanket in a big box and just throw them in there and keep them warm you can try um again if it's but the thing is you may have to go on and off with your blanket if if it's like today it's eight or ten degrees you put a blanket on a plant when it's 8 or 10 degrees, it's saying, hello, it feels like <laughs> June, let's grow. Uh, but when it's 20 below outside and you put a blanket on a plant, it's going, thank you for the blanket. So that's the one trick with, with blanketing or, or trying to sort of insulate them is you may have to, like I say, fiddle around a bit. Uh, I mean, yeah, it's a tricky one. That's why, because I'm like you, I don't have the cool root cellar. My garage does freeze when it gets really cold. So that's why I keep my geraniums alive in the house as house plants. And I find that I can monitor them that way and keep them going. Yeah, no, I have way too many. Oh. I fell in love with them this year. They're beautiful. Are they all the, are they all the same or are they a bunch of different varieties? Um, hot pink. Yeah. And uh, this red I've never seen before. It's, oh, okay. it's, like, a, it's like a Spanish... Uh, Tango red. Oh, nice. Wow. It's beautiful. Yeah, I know. Usually people have the same red and it's boring. I know. Well, you know what? Like, mm. It was a great year for geraniums. All that heat, geraniums love the hot, dry. And, I mean, you know, obviously people watered them to keep them going, but they love that heat. So the geraniums were excellent this year as a result. Now, I'm not sure if I'm correct, mm. but I think my neighbor, mm. I, I have a trailer at a campsite, mm. and she said, I, and she had them on the floor just mm. like I did. Mm-hmm. And she says, oh, I'm just going to put them something, she said. Mm. And uh, I'm going to plant them next year. It takes longer for them to grow, but mm. they survive. Mm. I don't know what she said. Well, do do you uh, sort of close up the trailer for the winter? Yes. And does it freeze solid inside, or do you allow keep things like is all the water off and heat off? Oh, no, no, it gets cold in there. Yeah, it's it uh, mm. probably as cold as outside. Well, you know, you just never know what kind of winter it's going to be. Look what happened last year. It, the ground didn't even freeze last year. It was such a mild They're winter. Calling, by the way, for a very heavy winter with snow in mind. I don't believe yeah. them. Don't so you? basically, no. there's nothing I could do with these. Well. You if gotta, I put them in the basement, they're going to grow. <laughs> well, it, it, what I would suggest is find the coolest spot in your in your basement that you can find and make sure it's dark. Put them in the total darkness. And that's going to keep them as dormant as you can. And come February, you're going to have to start taking some little cuttings and starting little plants then. Because you're not those plants are never going back into the garden. It's the new growth off of those plants that will go in your garden next spring. 
Now, what does that mean? <laughs> the growth? Yeah, the well, root itself I'm not going to keep? No, the, the the plant that you're looking at is never going back outside. It's the it's what's going to grow off like this, not the roots, but off the stems. Little new little shoots are going to continue to grow once that plant wakes up again in February. So we'll talk about that in February. For now, just find the coolest, darkest spot. Put it in a paper bag. Make sure there's some air circulation, no plastic. Cardboard box is fine too. Into that coolest, darkest spot and. Put them away for the winter, and if you have any questions in December, January, call me. But by February, for sure, we'll start talking about what to do next. Do I leave the flowers on? You can. doesn't matter. They're going to shrivel up. I don't cut anything. I just take the whole thing and just store it somewhere. Correct. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> Terry, you get the vote as the most enthusiastic caller of the morning. Yay. And I appreciate that. That's good. No. Are like- you kidding? I love your show. <laughs> I was flicking the radio channels. And I was like, oh, financial thing. Oh, uh, don't want to hear that. <laughs> this one, oh, no. We don't want to buy gold and silver. Hey, gardening. <laughs> cool. <laughs> good stuff. We're going to have to kind of say bye-bye for today, but don't hesitate to call back, okay? I will. Thank you so much. Thanks, Terry. Okay. I, I want to give Thanks. the phone numbers here, and we have to take a little bit of a break. 416-360-0740 for Toronto area listeners than anywhere else in the province. It is toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. The Garden Show, AM 740 in Toronto with Charlie Dobbin. Back in a moment. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than we do realize. And should little creatures become a big problem? Well, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. Let's let's go to the uh, mountain here. Uh, Hamilton, that (laughs) is. Uh, Amina, I believe it is. Hello, good morning. Uh, Hello. Hi, Charlie. (laughs) Good morning. Okay, turn the radio down. Hello, Charlie. Good morning. Good morning. How, is, how are you? Excellent. Um, I couldn't reach to your email. It is many times I sent email. It's a um, failure and it come back. Oh. And I'd like for you to repeat it again sure. because of my problem. Okay. But tell, tell me, you have some question about a spruce tree? No, about oh. five years ago in one uh, feet by mistake, I planted along the fence in the backyard, nine bark very close to each other, nine bark, Alberta spruce, small growth, royal purple smoke um, um, beside it, and then um, again another uh, Alberta spruce, slow grow, mm-hmm. and uh, then uh, Whaley. And they are very close to each right. other. Right. Everything's too, uh, too grown and, together now. Yes. I wanted uh, your answer. What can I do with them? Should I, uh, which one uh, you prefer I move them or just leave them as it is? So it's been about five years, you say? Yes. And so you said nine bark? It is nine bark, yeah. Alberta spruce, Bruce. royal purple smoke, bush, uh, again Alberta spruce, and Vailey and other trees beside it. But these are very close in one mm-hmm. feet. Mm-hmm. And do you have a spot you could move any of these plants to, or you're just thinking you'll eliminate them right off the property? Yeah, I have to move someplace which it is not right, what, what, but I have to move. Yeah. Do I need to move them or just leave it in well, one good space? I think, you know what, with something like that, you almost need to see it to know what to do. I mean, obviously the Alberta spruce are little evergreens, and yeah. they give you a certain little look year-round. 
unchanged. Mm -hmm. Whereas things like nine bark and smoke bush, they are very dramatic at different times of the year with, you know, lots of flowers. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, obviously a smoke bush does that. It smokes. Mm-hmm. And, but they get re- very big. Yeah. Um, so I'd be, you know, I'd sort of want to look at the whole situation. If you could, it'd be nice to leave a mixture, which is what you started with, was mm-hmm. some deciduous and some evergreen. It's just all crammed in too tight. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you could taking out every second plant almost sounds like you'd be taking out the Alberta spruce, but I don't know if you'd want to do that. Maybe if you could move the, the smoke bush to another location and bring a smaller plant in between the Alberta spruces uh, to provide that, you know, sort of continuity between. And and certainly you can you can trim nine bark and even smoke bush and keep them small, but how small? They're still going to be five or six feet tall and wide, no matter what you do. Yes, but Albert, uh, the royal purple smoke bush, mm-hmm. yeah, I didn't cut them uh, because if I prune, I, uh, I scare it, the branch goes everywhere. Mm-hmm. But now it is slim going up. But, uh, it is tidy. Narrow, slender. Right, right. And that's what you've wanted, right? Yeah. You've wanted to keep it narrow. Yeah. So that you're absolutely right. Yeah, you take the top off a plant, suddenly yeah. it gets a lot wider, and you've been trying to avoid that, so yeah. that's wise. Uh-huh. Uh, but, you know, you can still prune for shape. It just means <clears throat> taking even taking the top off means taking some of the side off. So you're right, the so pruning... not ruining, damaging each other, because one foot, there is a space between them. Oh, so then so. that's fine. You know what, as long as, as long as they aren't looking all crammed and crowded and disfigured because mm-hmm. of their size, mm-hmm. then I wouldn't be overly concerned. I mean, okay. just you do what you've done. Recognize that f- shaping the plants, even the Alberta spruce, if you have to, can be sheared. Because mm-hmm. if you never tr- trim an Alberta spruce i've seen them 30 years no growth that's a small one yeah but they still get to eight feet in 30 years now it's only been five so you're probably down you know two or three feet tall but still yeah they're very slow but even they continue to grow (laughs) and when they're happy they grow (laughs) so so no i what it sounds pretty what you've got if it if it's working i would leave it it's just more of a proportional thing than anything okay okay thank you and your email once more yes indeed i'm going to do that right now Okay. Thanks for your call, Amina. Thank you. That uh, email address, if you're trying to contact uh, Charlie, is? It's my first initial C, C as in Charlie. So C Dobbin, C-D-O-B-B-I-N. So C Dobbin at AM740 dot C-A. Boy, you do that well. You really do that well. Thank you so much. And actually, if you put that in, you'll find as the Zoomer empire has gotten larger Mm -hmm. and larger, a lot of these emails all kind of seem to go to Zoomer media anyway. But they all work. They're all linked together. Just type that in, cdobbin at am740.ca. Oh, we found Gail there in Toronto. Uh, Amaryllis plant is uh, what you're concerned with, uh, Gail? Good morning. Yeah. Yeah. Morning. Good morning, Charlie. Mm-hmm. Um, I have um, an amaryllis plant that I managed to keep going. Mm-hmm. I thought it was dead, and I put it outside, mm-hmm. and it started to grow. Ah. And I brought it in because um, you, you know it's getting cold. Sure. Yep. And um, and then it um, the leaves the leaves fell, mm-hmm. and I took the dead leaves off. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was dead again, but it's starting to grow again. There's a little leaf coming up. Mm. 
And I was wondering, is it worth keeping it? Um, do you think it will ever flower or is it just growing these leaves? It may just grow leaves. If all you're seeing right now, it, it, the new little bit of green looks like a leaf, yeah. then uh, that's probably exactly what it is. It's just going to grow a bunch of leaves. Oh. <clears throat> the challenge to, uh, for me anyway, yeah. f- to c- getting amaryllis to reflower, there are many people out there that seem to be able to do it very simply, but... Every time I try and follow the rules, it's never worked. All oh. I ever get is a bunch of leaves. Oh, so but the leaves are really... I like them. Yeah, and, and you do have the option. If you have room and you don't mind having, you know, tropical plants and yeah. house plants to look after, uh, one of the simplest ways to keep amaryllis is just keep it going as, a, as an indoor plant. Yes. It will leaf and leaf and leaf, and then suddenly it'll shoot up a flower when you least expect it. Like, yeah, well, with, that's what happened to it before, because... Right. I it had I I got it and it was already blooming, mm-hmm. and then it died down and then another lot of flowers came up mm-hmm. and I was so surprised. Exactly. So I mean, the, as long as there's vigor in the bulb, if it's a nice fat juicy bulb and it's yeah. got the vigor, it'll put out the leaves. The leaves will continue to add to the health of the bulb because, of course, that's what they're doing. They're uh, yeah. photosynthesizing and yeah. fattening up the bulb, and just water it fertilize it every month or so, give it a sunny spot, let it do its thing. And if you, like I say, you've got the space and the desire to keep it going, it will suddenly just shoot up a flower when you like, it just decides to. <laughs> yeah. And is there a special fertilizer you use or do you just... Um... I would just use a flowering plant fertilizer. You could use miracle Grow. You oh, could miracle. use anything that will, yeah, fulfill oh, okay. the um, well, I'll, I'll requirements. Get that then. And, and, um, um, what about the the leaves? Um, there's a couple of leaves on it that had this papery thing happen and they kind of turned yellow at the end mm-hmm. and I pulled off that yellow bit. Mm-hmm. And um, will that those leaves just let, die down and yeah. the new growth come up? They're likely to just continue to yellow back to the to the center, to the bulb. Yeah. Um, remember when you're watering any houseplant, a yep. couple of things. Avoid using water straight out of the tap. Right. And because of the additives to that water. Right. And avoid using cold water. Okay. So try and leave. Uh, what I do is I leave like a big watering can with water always just sitting out uh, on the counter. So it's, right. room, it's room temperature and the fluoride and the chlorine and all that has mostly dissipated out of the water. Okay. And you'll, you'll avoid those little uh, brown and yellow tips on your houseplants. All right. Okie doke. Okay. Thank yeah. you for joining the show today. All right. Thanks, Thanks very much. Thanks for your call, Gail. Okay. okay thank and you. you know Bye. what? Uh, we're, we're just about out of racetrack. Now. We are just about out of racetrack. And what are you doing for the rest of the day? Well, I have a little bit of a break because uh, following the guys, you know, Dave's Corner Garage, the, the guys are here. And I can hear home. those engines revving, right, actually. Right after their show <laughs> is the Natural Health Show. Ah. Anything to do with health and keeping you well and all that sort of thing from 11 to 12. And then I'm back with the diner mm. from uh, 12 noon to 1 and uh, some more music. And I've got a couple of really good interviews coming do up, you? too. Yes, indeed. How did I it go? with the, the garlic festival interview. Oh, it was great. Yeah. yeah. Last uh, week. It was it was terrific. No, the gentleman was just Mr. McCluskey. Uh, uh, I think it was Stephen. Oh, well, Stephen or Peter. Whatever. In any case. Yep. Yeah. Uh, you have a wonderful week. Uh, thank you. I'm hoping to have a wonderful week. First, I have to go today. Yeah. Not have to, but I'm you know pleased to be attending a Master Gardener uh, educational event. It's what they call a technical update. So I am presenting uh, shortly in a couple hours to the Master Gardeners of Simcoe County 
at the Simcoe County Museum, which is up on Highway 26 in Minnesing. I'm presenting a topic called How to Garden in a Within a Changing Climate. So garden, it's all about how the... Over a period, you know, this changing climate, whether it's We've been in that. yeah, longer sure. summers or shorter winters mm-hmm. or, you know, pests that survive the, the winters because it's not getting cold. That's what I'll be talking about. All okay. Right? Have a great time. Thank you so much. Thanks, Nada. Thanks, everybody, for your great calls. See you next week. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.